everyone. I'm Brittany, the content and research producer. And I'm Ellie, the media and content producer at Magnify. And welcome to the Magnify podcast, where we co-host aspirational conversations to help you thrive and work through faith. This podcast is a place where we explore all the topics and questions which we all grapple with in our careers in faith, from imposter syndrome, identity, perfectionism, acting in courage, boundaries, really the list could go on. We dig in and get frank about all things work using faith as a backdrop. And through these conversations with dynamic individuals, we hope you'll leave informed, intrigued, and inspired in your faith and work life. And she just chuckled. And she was like, babe, you made it. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? This is terrible. I'm in so much pain. <laughs> you know, and she said, no, the fact that you're going through that level of conflict shows that you made it in your line of work, that you are really doing, you're doing the thing, girl. Like you are, you know, you're, you're doing it because um, the higher the level, which you function, the higher the level of conflict, you know? And I think when I spoke to someone like her who's been there and she was able to just chuckle <laughs> at my woes, <laughs> made me realize, oh, this is not a big deal. So today we're talking about purpose. It's a big word and one that I know we almost shy away from because of the weight of the word, but today we're going to talk about it. We're tackling questions like how to find purpose in our work, even if it's not our dream job, how to carry on in purpose when those around us don't understand it. And for so many of us, work is where we spend most of our time. So figuring out how to have purpose in our jobs and more so having the courage to pursue that purpose is so important. Yeah, and Faith Cho, our guest today, is a CEO of the nonprofit organization, The Honor Summit, and a co-pastor of the Presence Church. And she's walked in her purpose since the young age of 19 years old. And in this episode, she opens up about her walking in her purpose has at times been a lonely endeavor. Um, also how her mission or purpose is never actually one stagnant goal, but a vision that changes alongside different periods in her life. And how in order to find her purpose and the courage to walk in it, she's had to strip herself back to find her authentic self. It's a really great episode, so let's listen in. Amazing. Um, so we'll get started because if you've got four kids upstairs, I'm sure you'll want this over quickly. <laughs> Um, so we always do like an opening question just so everyone can get to know each other a bit more. Um, but what has been your favorite place that you've traveled to? My favorite place that I traveled to, um, I would say Indonesia. Um, I love Southeast Asian cultures, but I think Indonesia, I mean, always holds so many good memories for me. Um, I went on a few mission trips there and had just amazing memories and the food is good and every island is so different so yeah I think Indonesia <laughs> amazing what about you Brittany um I was thinking mine was probably Jamaica my family and I went like um it's kind of a long time ago now but like a few years ago uh for a cousin's wedding um and it was just really fun time to be with uh like my immediate family and my extended family all at one time um, nice. for just a few days uh, and exploring. Yeah, we had a really, really good time and the food was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the food counts for a lot. Um, but yeah, I'd What about probably, you, Ellie? 
Yeah, I think on the same strain, just like being with my family, my aunt used to live in Australia. So I'd say like that was probably my favorite trip, just when all the families together. And I think it's so rare as well that you get that these days. So I just really treasure those times. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Faith. So to get to know you a bit better, we just wanted to do a round of quick fire questions. Um, so first, um, if you could have a dinner party and invite three guests from any era, who would they be and why? Oh, okay. Um, so I would love to have dinner with Catherine Kuhlman, Amy McPherson, and Mary, Mother of Jesus. It would be cool because all three women made such an impact in the world, but yet they were so countercultural um, and almost considered scandalous. And they were just so against the grain. Um, and so I would just love to have them to sit down and I'm sure they carried so much pain um, and probably so much wisdom and enduring what it felt like to be so different and yet changing the world while they're authentic to how God created them. So I would love to just sit down with them and talk and hear how they, not only how they coped, but found joy and all of that and how they stood authentic to who they are, so. Beautiful. And what are you curious about right now? Curious, um, well, I mean, I, I live in New Jersey and live right by New York right now. I think uh, if you are in tune with what's going on in America, which I'm sure Brittany you are, um, there's a lot going on in America right now. I would love to know how this is gonna all turn out in 10 years. I know it's so fresh what is going on in our country right now on a political and even on a religious scale. And so I would love to see what the solutions are gonna be in the next couple of years and what, what the effects will be in the American society. So. How do you switch off and relax? I, um, honestly, I'm very basic in that department. <laughs> uh, I, I, if I got a full plate of food, kids are sleeping, and I have a good movie on, like I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm set. I don't need much. I just need, because I live such a high-paced life. So, if I just had that, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I can knock out right after. What's your go-to movie? Um, nothing too depressing. You know how people, they watch movies to cry? <laughs> I've had enough things to cry about in my life. You know, I just need a movie that just feel good, have a good, has a good ending. You know, these days, yeah. movies are just like, they want to just leave you with your heart just torn open and with despair and hopelessness I'm not about that I want a good ending Stephanie would agree with you on that one and um, and one thing that we always love to ask our guests is um starting out what was your childhood like and what are the values that have shaped you into the woman that you are today um uh, well I am a second generation Korean American meaning my parents were immigrants and um so I have that as my background so I think a lot of second generation Korean Americans will attest that you grow up with the value of hard work 
um, because your parents came in and had to start over. And so you were raised to believe that you have to be diligent. Um, so yeah, just kind of that diligence and hard work definitely translated into uh, it's where I am today. Um, so you're a CEO of a non-profit organization as well as a pastor but can you explain a bit more just about how you got into it all um, and how did you manage to make a career out of what you thought your purpose was? Right so um, when I went into ministry uh, which is the career of being a pastor there was no end goal in mind um, I didn't have the full blueprint. For one, there weren't a lot of women uh, in ministry. So I didn't have too many examples. And you know, these days our time is blessed. We see so many great examples of strong women um, on the pulpit and leadership uh, and leading missions and communities and things like that. But back in the day, there weren't too many examples. So for me, it was just obedience and just knowing um, this is my how. And the nonprofit organization became my what. So when I became a pastor, um, that was just the lane that I felt that God had called me into. And so that's my how. I, I preach, I teach, I build, I, I do those things. But then I think down the line, I kind of felt like, you know, I want to do more than just stand behind a pulpit. I want to do more than just talk. Um, and I just felt like I wanted something tangible to have a, an impact and what is needed in this world. And so, yeah, that's how the Honor Summit came about. Amazing. Um, and even just speaking about then, sort of you're speaking about your what and your how. Um, a lot of purpose is entwined into our identity. So how do you define your own identity and purpose and what is the relationship between the two like for you? Well, you know, I would say for me, it's maybe it's just a matter of semantics. However, I wouldn't, um, I, I would define it like this. My identity is I'm a child of God. Um, our purpose isn't necessarily what we do, right? I, and so, um, I would say what I do is more my mission, right? That's how I, I mean, for me, so I guess more like a missional purpose, but I would say my ultimate purpose in life is to know the love of God. But I would say from there, my missional purpose, my mission in life, my assignments in life um, definitely comes about. But yeah, I think it would be in, in that order. I'm a child of God. My purpose is to know his love. Um, and from there, I have my mission and my purpose in that sense. Amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like looking at it in that, um, in that way of like getting the, the foundation of one in order to inform the other um, and kind of going, digging a little bit deeper on the missional side of that. Um, because for so many of us, work is where we spend uh, the majority of our time, whatever our work is. Um, and it's kind of important to find meaning in that to be sustained in it. So how have you found like the purpose in your own career? Yes. Um, just always knowing my why, yeah. you know, um, so much of our angst in the day to day of our careers is feeling like, you know, you're feeling like you're wasting time or not getting where you want to be 
or not rising to the top or making a splash in this world. Um, and in those moments when you feel drained or frustrated or even numb to the day to day, it's just always reminding myself my why. And I really think that why um, is so important because you could go all the way to the top and be super successful and be super on top of it with your to-do list. And yet you still struggle with why am I alive? Why do I exist? Going off of that, have there been times where you've rooted your why in something else? I know for me, I'm definitely guilty of doing that where, you know, you get so caught up in the success of everything and, you know, trying to get to where you want to go that you root your why in something else. And how have you stopped yourself in your tracks in those moments to actually take a step back and reevaluate to find your foundations again? Oh, I love that. And I think 2020 is the great (laughs) (laughs) to build to a certain point. It took a lot. And I think 2020, I was expecting it to all bear fruit. Um, Not to say we weren't bearing fruit before, but basically a lot of long-term projects were supposed to bear fruit in 2020. And when the lockdown happened and when the world just started to unravel and everything was stalled, it really makes you question why, why am I doing this? You know, because when you're not producing what you feel led to produce, it makes you question, am I failing in the reason why I exist? You know, and it could be such an existential moment. Um, and it was extremely humbling, but I think one of the best things that have ever happened to me, because I think when you cannot do much, that's when you get really realigned with why you exist, why you live on this world. And it makes you have so much clarity as to what you really want to accomplish here on this earth. Um, You could do so much and really accomplish so little. And I think that's the sobering reality of life. You could be so busy and do absolutely nothing. You know, and I think for me, uh, what 2020 did as it made me slow down, it made me really reevaluate what is, is, are all these things aligned with my why, (laughs) with my reason for existence? Um, Or is it just to, you know, fill in the gap and just go with the flow? And um, yeah, now going into 2021, I think it really allows me to go in with so much more clarity of what I really want to do um, and making sure I'm choosy instead of just doing a lot. Um, I want to be more fruitful in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's so easy to, you know, people say that there's like a value put on being busy, you know, if you're being busy, you're being successful, but that's just not the case at all. Um, and I know like I have days and I'm like, oh, it's been so busy. And then I think back to what I've actually done and I'm like, mm, was it that busy? <laughs> you know? Yes. It's so easy to fall into that. I think so many women, um, you find like, you almost feel like there's like worth in being on high demand and being extremely busy and having a full schedule. Um, it almost adds value in a weird sense until you realize, wait a second, I don't know if I really did much (laughs) at the end of my life. When you really think about it, you, you know, after all those meetings and after all those things, what did I actually accomplish? Right. Um, and it's, 
I think it was a gift to realize that not at the end of my life, but you know, I mean, hopefully near the beginning. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's so good. I mean, I've had something. I've had like a similar experience for 2020, but um, a little bit prior because I had a friend one time ask me like, uh, ask me like, okay, are you really that busy? Because <laughs> I was like, I gotta go here, I gotta do this, and I really wasn't trying to make, make it seem like I was busy. It was just I gotta do these things. But when he asked me that, I was like, oh, that sounds terrible to always be like. It's always something. Like it's always something that I have to get to and do. And it's almost like we think that like the the as you said, like the meetings or the the things, like those are things that we can show. Like we can show that we went yeah. to, um, that we went and did something at like 9 a.m. or whatever it is. Um, it's a lot harder to kind of show uh, just kind of the private things that you're doing um, and feeding yourself. And kind of, I think a lot of what we're talking about a bit is getting to authenticity, is to getting to um, kind of our root. Um, and finding your purpose often comes from um, being authentic in ourselves in order to find out what drives us uh, and what our skills are. And so in the context of what you do, Faith, uh, what does authenticity mean to you? Mm, it's so easy not to be authentic with what I do. <laughs> <laughs> easy. Um, I think it's because the expectations and standards um, in my line of work is not just shaped by the masses, but there's also religious standards and even almost political standards. Um, and I think it's just so easy to feel like you're doing a good job because you're making people happy. And I think the place that I like to always challenge myself is in this moment or whatever moment I'm in, who is forming me, right? And if, as in I'm created in a unique and special way and if i'm looking like a carbon copy of everybody else it's a it's a point where i have to really ask myself what of me is actually genuine and authentic and what's actually a copy you know and i think that's where i have to really challenge myself all the time am i just trying to look like the other leader or am i trying to look like the more popular leader um so i think authenticity well you know i think Part of it, it's just being um, brave enough to be to be you, and as opposed to trying to be an expression of public opinion. Um, so yeah, I don't want to sound like an Instagram meme there. <laughs> no, but that was good though. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's true. It's like if I have to really ask myself, am I trying to be like the next so and so or? you know, am I okay with being who God has created me to be? And for those who might be kind of struggling to find their purpose um, in life at this time, or feel like their purpose might be unable to be fulfilled, um, what advice would you give to them? For those who are struggling with their purpose, um, I would say, well, like I said before, you know, um, oftentimes we feel like our purpose is tied in with our greatness. And our purpose is something that we have to do. But when we see purpose as a means of productivity, um, that's kind of when we start to cave in and have that crisis for our why. I love that so much. I think as well, one thing that's really important to remember is when you speak about that mission purpose, I think a lot of people 
believe maybe that once you've got it, it's that forever. And, you know, there's a straight line path to it. And it's not the case at all. That mission purpose will change and evolve sort of throughout your life. And I don't know about you, um, Brittany and Faith, how, like, I suppose I want to extend this question to both of you because I find it really interesting. But how have you both seen your purpose evolve sort of over these past, maybe even just past year or since you first sort of found your purpose? How have you seen it change? Yeah. Brittany, you want to go first? <laughs> <Talk about that. laughs> I could, I could kind of get that because I feel like I'm still at like the beginning of like figuring it out. But I think a lot of it has been kind of what you've been talking about, faith of like ask, not being afraid to ask those internal questions of myself, and also um, as I am right now, is all that I ever have oh. to be. If I never do anything else, you know, anything else of note or anything like I'm good, it's fine. Like I did what I was supposed to do. Um, and learning that from that, from that leads me to say, oh, I could be of service. You know, I might be of service in this area. Maybe um, something, some gift or talent that I have could actually, uh, you know, be worthwhile over here. Um, and so it's changed. Like I had like a whole different plan for my life and what I wanted to, thought I wanted to do. Um, you know, I thought I wanted to be in fashion and I was, uh, I still do to some extent, but I also realize now that, um, I don't know, my motivations for things have changed. Um, and I think that that's kind of like impacted my purpose. Like, it's almost like you discover what you were always supposed to be <laughs> anyway, you know, <laughs> we're like, oh, the plan changed, but it like not, it might've changed for you, <laughs> but it was what you were supposed to do. It was always kind of what you were supposed to do. So it's been interesting. Right. I think for me, um, the time where my missional purpose was challenged the most was when I became a mother. Um, I mean, I was traveling and speaking and doing all those things at an early age. So when I got married and I had my first child, that was just such an existential crisis. <laughs> because when you go from traveling the world and having all these projects and you just feel like this is it, this is my lane, and this is what I'm gonna do until I die. But then when you shift gears, when seasons change, and you are now um, a milk factory, changing diapers, and your life is no longer tied to your itinerary, but now tied to your child's nap schedule, it is truly such a humbling moment because you wonder, do I no longer have a missional purpose? Is my missional purpose now to um, just raise these kids and then I die? Like, you know, um, and in that moment you get extremely almost depressed. Um, I think in, the, in that moment I had to um, really regain my sense of identity. Each child, it, it awakened new passions in me. Um, and I always um, tell my female colleagues, like, motherhood didn't set me back. It actually almost um, propelled me forward. Um, because what it did, it birthed new dreams. And it birthed new missions. Um, and it actually really inspired me because three of my four children are women, are girls. Um, and so it really inspired me to want to create a world where they could just thrive. Um, and so it, what, it almost quickened my sense of missional purpose. It didn't really set me back. So I think 
that slow down period, that stall, it was just the best thing that happened to me because it made me redefine my identity, really uh, clarify my actual purpose for living. And from there, a missional purpose was birthed. Um, so I think sometimes we see um, our stalls and our halts and our slow down periods almost as a punishment, like we failed or something. That slow down, that silence, that, that, you know, um, that period where you have to really sit and face who you are. That's probably one of the best things that could happen to anybody in their career. So yeah, so just going back onto what you were saying where your you saw your mission purpose really change when you became a mother. I think that also sort of links back to authenticity and it takes a lot of courage to sort of be able to find that purpose again now that your life looks different. Um, and sometimes when pursuing our own purpose, those around us might not always completely understand what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. But has that ever been your reality? And how did you manage to sort of push your opinions off to know that actually what you were doing was the right thing for you? Yes. Um, I think, especially as a female leader, um, it could definitely be a lonely path and where uh, people will sometimes rather be your friend than to champion you, you know? And it's very different, you know, I think. And when you start to grow, uh, some people don't like the newer versions of you. Some people like it when you stay small, you know, um, or broken. So I think it's interesting with, as you grow um, as a leader in my case, or in a career path in other people's case, um, it really shows uh, the quality of your relationships. Um, and I don't say quality as in, oh, it means some of them are bad. It's just, um, it just shows what people are drawn to about you. Um, and obviously you are a woman of faith, very strong faith, and I'm sure a lot of your courage does come from that. But are there any sort of, I suppose, practical ways that you find your courage in your day-to-day -day as well? You know, what are the things that give you the, the trust and the self-belief to carry on in your purpose? Yes. Um, I love how you worded practical. <laughs> um, I really think we just want things to inspire us, but never transform us. Yeah. You know, and we're just like, oh, that felt good. That, that sounds so good. But we never go down to the practicalities of what that looks like. Um, I love that. Uh, the, what gives me the courage um, I mean, for one, knowing my source, like who actually got me here is God, you know, so even when that's counter to what people, other people say, um, knowing that, well, you know, it, God spoke this into existence. God is the one that brought me to this point. So therefore he will finish it. So there's that. But second, I think, uh, on a practical level, I love to surround myself with people that are at least five years ahead of me in um my line of work that's always so encouraging you know and i i know we just said like oftentimes it feels really lonely um and it's true but there are always people that have done it before you um and for women it's a little bit fewer but they're there the women are out there um and i always find myself whenever i'm in a bind and whenever i'm so discouraged reaching out and being brave to find those women um even if they're not your friends your close friends but finding them and 
there's nothing like having a conversation with a woman that's been there before you because it makes you realize, oh, this will not be the first, nor will be the last. This is not going to be the easiest nor the hardest of all the things that you're going to go through. And it really puts things into perspective. Um, I remember once I was like giving my woes to one of my friends um, and who is in a similar line of work as I am. And she just chuckled. And she was like, Faith, you made it. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? This is terrible. I have so much pain. <laughs> you know? And she said, no, the fact that you're going through that level of conflict shows that you made it in your line of work, that you are really doing, you're doing the thing, girl. Like you are, you know, you're, you're doing it because um, the higher the level at which you function, the higher the level of conflict, you know? And I think when I spoke to someone like her who's been there and she was able to just chuckle <laughs> at my woes, <laughs> made me realize, oh, this is not a big deal. You know, this is not going to kill me. Because when you go through certain things, it, you genuinely feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah, that's kind of my practical tidbit. So helpful. Yeah. I've experienced the same thing where it's like, oh yeah, this is actually just kind of revealing a bit more of strength. You're feeling some type of way because you haven't been that way before. You have it like, maybe that is the hardest thing up to this point that you've dealt with. And then talking to people who can just be like, hey, you know, like hear what you're saying and take it as valid, but also let you know, like give you that encouraging like perspective shift of like, hey, learn to see it as kind of like, this is a thing that you've been kind of hoping for in some way <laughs> in like a, in a sense of like who you want to, in terms of like who you want to be, not like the conflict of it, but um, who you want to become, I guess. Yeah. That synchronization is huge. Yeah. Like what's the first thing a child does when he or she falls or, or makes a mistake. They look at the parents and they look at your eyes to see, to try to figure out how to process this failure and this pain. Like, is this going to, is this terrible? You know, actually children, when they fall, especially toddlers, they don't cry until they look at a parent's eyes first because they want to process, is this bad, right? So when a parent freaks out, that's when they actually start to cry, you know, because children sometimes feel shame, right? Well, when you synchronize with them and, and tell them it's not a big deal, happens to all of us, and you're going to come out of it, immediately they start to bounce back. That synchronization is so key. So when I fall and when I lose courage, first I synchronize with my father in heaven. Am I okay? And the father always tells me, you're good. Everything's fine. And then I synchronize with other people who have gone before me. Am I okay? <laughs> you know, and they go, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, it's really not, you know? Like when I hear the level of issues that they go through, I go, oh no, this is not a problem. <laughs> this is not a problem at all, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that synchronization is so key to finding and regaining that courage. And you've obviously been working in your mission purpose since you were 19 years old. Um, but has, I know that we've spoken a bit about, you know, there are always women that have gone or men that have gone before that you can follow. But has the pursuit 
um, of following your purpose? Has it become less lonely as you've gone through? And how have you noticed the difference in the support as well um, by those around you since starting out to now being successful in it? And how have you noticed you leaning on that support as well? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, one, going in to my line of work was definitely a lonely one. And it was literally like a shot in the dark because there was no, um, there was no picture of what it should look like. It started with the step. And that first step was definitely lonely because there weren't a lot of other women that took that step. But as you move forward and as you grow, yeah, the circle around you definitely will change. It makes me a little sad to say it that way because it almost makes it sound like, oh, the quality of people changes. And that's definitely not what I'm saying. But you notice that in the beginning stages, you're oftentimes surrounded by people that coddle your feelings, you know, that help you uh, be, remain encouraged, that, you know, um, listen to you cry, uh, pat you on the back, give you hugs. As I move forward in life and as what I do change, I've noticed what ends up happening is those kind of friends sort of distance themselves. And the kind of people that start to get closer to you are the ones that agree with your purpose, that your missional purpose, that agree with um, the call in your life. And they're less likely to coddle your feelings and more likely to champion your cause, to pull out the lioness in you. Uh, whereas, um, yeah, like in the early stages of my life, I was definitely more surrounded by people that cared about how I felt. But now it's less about how I feel, but more, come on, let's get up. You know, you can't stay down there too long. Let's get up. There's a, there's a mission at hand. Um, and so it's definitely more goal-driven people that are around me at this point in my life that want to champion that. That is so good. I feel like that's like a, one of the things about kind of growing and maturing that I was learning. Cause I, um, cause I feel like I'm getting some of the people in my life who like go beyond my feelings and like really be like, okay, no, this is like who you are and this is what you're doing. And at first I was like, hold up. <laughs> do you, you know, do you love me? Like what is happening? And I had to realize like, that's actually the biggest form of love when someone's like less concerned with how you feel. And they're much more concerned with like, no, I see what's in you. And like, I see what you're, you're meant to do. And I'm going to come, like you said, come alongside you in that part. Yeah, you definitely go through seasons of loss as you move forward, as you quote unquote progress into whatever you see as success in your line of work. Um, there is that sense of loss of, oh, but that, that friend that was with me in the beginning, you know, or that relationship. And you don't want to say that you outgrew them because that sounds harsh, right? That feels harsh. It almost sounds like, oh, you're higher than them or you're greater than them. And absolutely not. You know, there's just certain people that are meant to champion you in certain seasons. They see the future version of you. And there's those that just cannot let go of the past version of you. In order to move on, you have to surround yourself with people that could see the future version of you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Yes, it was a pleasure. Such an honor. So going back to kind of what she mentioned at the end of our conversation about um, being able to see your destiny after you've 
lived, like being able to like look back over your life and to see, oh, okay, here are all the dots that like connected um, to this point, to this destiny right now. Um, and I love what you mentioned about looking backwards. It isn't like we are, we should plan forward. I do believe in that. Absolutely. Um, but I think that there is something to be said for like, we can't plan every single moment. Like we don't know. And the most that you can do is as best you can try to find like contentment here. And I think eventually that, that leads to like under that perspective shift kind of leads to like being able to, to pull purpose from, from this moment. Cause we do find ourselves in places that we're like, I've never planned on being here. This is not where I want to be. Yeah, that's <laughs> isn't it. This isn't it, and yet I think that there probably there is something in those moments that are um, helping us to become who we are. And I think that's something which I think this conversation turned into is it's not just about having the courage to pursue your purpose, your what you think you know your end purpose is, but actually finding the courage to pull the purpose out of the everyday when you're in the places that you don't necessarily want to be in. I think that is what was so fruitful from this conversation is that it takes courage to do that more than it takes courage to walk in your purpose. Eventually it takes the most to look at the day ahead and go, okay, where can I serve in my day to day? A lot of what she spoke about and a lot of her answers had to do with these internal questions with actually having to like take time out to sit with yourself and get to like the root, get deep with what is my why? Am I actually working towards the why? I think in the conversation you mentioned um, busyness too. It's not that hard to be busy. It's a lot harder to sit still and to actually get real with yourself and get truthful with yourself. Um, and I like how you spoke about the courage of the everyday because it does take a lot to to every day say, no, there's something here. There's something purposeful, meaningful, intentional, valuable right here. Yeah. And I think, um, like you said, it's hard. You know, I don't know about you, but I've definitely had jobs. Like I worked in retail and there were days where I loved it, but there were definitely days where I was like, well, what am I doing here? You know, there's literally no, there's no purpose here. There's no point, but actually there was, you know, even if it was just, you know, greeting a customer and maybe I was the only person that they spoke to in that day, that was the purpose that I could find in that job. Going back to your busyness point, I think the things that we fill our time with, we use it to distract us to, take us away from actually sitting down and asking those deeper questions of okay actually what is my why what is my how yeah that's so funny you mentioned retail because I, I have worked retail and I felt the same way there are days I absolutely loved it and then there are days when I'm just like what am I doing but I used to in the days when I felt felt like okay what am I doing I would actually always come back to the the client like I would always come back to like this interaction that I get to have with this person in a day um, and it's amazing because it would lead to some of the just some of the best conversations that I've had and getting to know somebody the other point that stood out to me was what it is to kind of walk a path that feels a bit lonely something key that she spoke about was really actually the community that she found in seeking out people who are um, I think she said five years ahead of her in like career-wise sometimes we do have people around that make us feel good that make us feel you know good to to let it out and and all of that and that's important but also to have those people who can who can speak to that and say hey but I also see what's in you and and this one moment isn't going to stop what's in you um and I just thought that that was so powerful 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you know anyone who might love this episode too, go ahead and share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We love to hear your thoughts and it really helps us out. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to our email list, which you can find on the Magnify website, where you'll get connected and informed with even more inspiring content. And also our inbox is always open. So if you have a topic you want us to chat about, or if you have something that you just want to add to our conversations, you can email us at elliatmagnifycollective.com. 